Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. It's hard to imagine a world where we leave future generations with fewer rights and freedoms. Since the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills aimed at blocking people from getting the essential sexual and reproductive care they need, including abortion. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves access to care, and with supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future to learn more and support their cause. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hey folks, there's big news relating to the Mar-a-Lago search. DOJ has asked the 11th Circuit to freeze a district court order that blocked investigators from using the classified documents seized from Mar-a-Lago. If left in place, the order could materially delay the investigation. The district judge also appointed Judge Raymond Deary of the Eastern District of New York as special master to review the more than 11,000 documents seized. In other news, despite indications that DOJ's investigation into January 6th is accelerating, reports signal that prosecutors are far from deciding whether to bring charges against Trump or his associates. Joyce Vance and I discuss all of this and more on the Cafe Insider podcast. Today, we're sharing a clip from the episode with listeners of Stay Tuned. To hear our full conversation and access all other Cafe Insider content, try the membership for just $1 for one month. You can do that at cafe.com slash insider. That's cafe.com slash insider. We look forward to having you as a part of the Insider community. Here to me is the most interesting thing so far with respect to Special Master Deary. So the Trump lawyers have insinuated, although not said it directly in a court filing, that there's nothing to see here. There's no issue that the government should be that upset about because all these documents that are more classified were declassified somehow telepathically by Donald Trump. Donald Trump has said that very forthrightly and directly and stridently in a lot of places, including on Hugh Hewitt's radio show or podcast, I believe. Well, then game over. Why are we all still here? Because it's lies. It's <laughs> lies, Joyce. You sit on a throne made of lies. Yeah, and Judge Deary, you know, just for the record, to repeat, there's no evidence that there was declassification. The markings were not changed. You know, these lawyers are careful. Not the best lawyers in the world, and we'll talk about one aspect of that in a moment. But if that's a defense, or that's an explanation, both for public and for judicial consumption, you would expect them not to be making those arguments just to Hugh Hewitt, but to the court and to the special master. So Judge Deary, this new special master, has said, like, let me hear about the declassification theory. And you would think that the Trump folks would say, well, thanks very much. Thank you for asking. Now that you've asked, let me tell you all the reasons why you should support our conclusion and assertion that Donald Trump not only had the power to declassify these documents, that he in fact did so. And we're putting in a declaration or an affidavit to that effect. They don't do that. They don't take up the offer 
to describe the declassification process, even though Trump keeps saying it again and again? What do they say? They say, we don't want to have to share anything about declassification with you until November, Judge. They said that yesterday in the letter that they submitted to the court. Judge Deary had asked for letters from the parties identifying issues that they thought that he should deal with and, and timelines. And it's just, it's a fascinating, fascinating distinction between how DOJ is handling this and how Trump is. DOJ, when there's a need for them to put evidence into the record, and this came up on the issue of irreparable injury, DOJ submits an affidavit from an FBI official explaining how irreparable injury works if DOJ can't go forward with the intelligence and criminal reviews, which are inextricably intertwined. That's now factual evidence that's in the record for both the district court and the 11th Circuit to consider. And so as you point out, Preet, Trump should have done exactly the same thing. It could have been an affidavit from the former president explaining what documents he declassified and what process he used and when it happened. But we don't get that. There is nothing evidentiary. We have unsworn assertions made on television shows. That's as good as Trump's evidence gets. Yeah, and do you think that's because the lawyers, such as they are, are wary of making false statements to the court? Everything Trump touches dies, right? So many of his lawyers have ended up disbarred or facing other serious disciplinary proceedings or even the threat of criminal prosecution. You could not pay me enough money to be a Trump lawyer right now. And at least this crew seems to have some awareness that there is a line that they should not cross. You mentioned the letter that they sent to Judge Deary saying they don't want to talk about declassification. It's premature. And there's an irony there that we can talk about in a moment also. But lawyers like you and me have made some comments about the letterhead. <laughs> so it's a firm called IFRA Law, I-F-R-A-H Law. And it has kind of like a, a tagline, which you don't often see with law firms. And the tagline is, hands on counsel, gloves off litigation. Have you ever seen something like that? Well, I guess, is this like a New York kind of thing? I mean, we don't do this in the South. We don't do it in New York either. <laughs> Knock it off. It, this is just so, I mean, we're laughing about it, but the bottom line is it's really inappropriate. You know, the reason that we have lawyers who help people solve their disputes is so that we don't end up having, you know, open violence on our streets. Maybe that's an extreme example. But this notion that they're just tough as tacks and that they're gloves off, I can't imagine that this is going to play too well with Judge Deary. Yeah, it's just odd. I mean, I, I, I can see doing that in some other promotional materials, but in letterhead that you're sending to officers of the court, it seems a little bit Seems a little odd. It's wacko. What wares are you advertising to officers of the court? Well, these are the lawyers that Trump can hire these days. But can I ask another question? Because this is confusing, I think, to people, and it's confusing to me. This whole argument about whether the documents are classified were, in fact, declassified or not, what's really the relevance of that to all of this with respect to what DOJ is ultimately trying to figure out, and that is whether or not crimes were committed. This is such an interesting question because ultimately, and DOJ argues this, it doesn't matter. None of the criminal violations that DOJ is pursuing that it identified in the search warrant hinge on whether these documents are classified or not. And obviously what happened here is that DOJ saw this argument coming, you know, from a million miles away. And so it has identified in the search warrant violations where 
It would be interesting if the documents were classified, but that's not essential for the government proving up its case. But, you know, there's an interesting strategic move going on here, which is that if the Trump camp gets backed into a corner, and I think this is coming, where they're forced to concede that these documents were never declassified, that really does help DOJ. It opens up some additional sorts of charges it could look at. So having that established on the record, this entire process may well play out in DOJ's favor. Yeah, and just to point out something to people that we may have lost sight of, DOJ was asking for, and the archives were asking for, documents to be returned that don't belong to the former president, private citizen, unless there's some process followed with the approval and acquiescence of the National Archives. And they didn't say, and the subpoena didn't say, as we've been told in the reporting, to return classified documents. It said any documents marked classified, whether they were or were not subsequently declassified by some mental act of the president (laughs) uh, or not, is of no consequence and is of no merit, right? The documents on their face that have been seized, and there's no controversy about this that I'm aware of, are marked classified. They were sought There was a certification made that what was sought in the subpoena, which includes documents marked classified, were all returned. That turned out to be a lie. And the search revealed that it was a lie. And that's that. So he didn't have a possessory interest, as the the government keeps arguing, to these documents. They had been sought. They were not returned. A false declaration was made that they were returned. It's pretty open and shut with respect to that back and forth, is it not? It absolutely is. And this makes it a classic case for a stay. You know, to go back to your question about was DOJ strategic when they made this argument for just a very limited stay, first to the district court and then to the 11th Circuit. Absolutely. Because the fact that these documents bore classification markings is enough to establish that they were documents created by the government. They're not presidential records. They're not Trump's, you know, personal property. And so Trump is not entitled to have them returned to him. And that's very important because one of the things that DOJ has to prove to get it stay is that it has a strong chance of success on the merits. And the fact that Trump is not entitled to have the documents returned to him would would seem to dispense with that issue. I mean, in some ways, Preet, I wonder if we haven't all overthought this just because Judge Cannon issued such a bad order. This isn't a tough case. This is an easy case. The court in Atlanta should be ready to rule in DOJ's favor almost immediately. And this just goes to show what a really revolting job the former president has done of stretching the legal system out of shape. He just manages to create issues where there really aren't any. So here's an in-the-weeds question, which I think I know the answer to, but you would more likely know, given your appellate history and background and work in the 11th Circuit specifically, if the appeals court rules in one way or the other, does the party have the right on this kind of a motion to ask for not just a three-judge panel, but the entire 11th Circuit, what's called en banc, to hear the matter? Yeah, you know, this is a preliminary motion on a stay. It's not the kind of thing where the court typically by local rules, permits parties to request an en banc rehearing. I think the aggrieved party can go straight to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court. The Supreme Court. But, oh, but I want to hedge my bets a little bit and say this is an unusual situation. And so I'm not entirely sure if somebody were to make an en banc request how it would play out. 
But I, I think your oh boy is right. This this ultimately heads up to Washington, D.C. for a little bit. So what happens in the Supreme Court on this? And that's a question I know that you will get asked, I will get asked. So what's the answer so I know what to say? Shadow docket. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, the shadow docket is back in business. You know, this would go up as a, let's just assume that the 11th Circuit issues the stay and Trump goes to the Supreme Court asking that the stay be rejected. And that seems like something that would be ripe for, you know, the the single circuit justice, Justice Thomas might hesitate to rule on that on his own. So we would get hopefully a prompt shadow docket ruling authorizing the stay. Maybe we should explain that each of the circuits has a justice on the Supreme Court who they take emergency rulings to and other issues to. And for the 11th Circuit, it's Justice Thomas, who came from Savannah, Georgia, and and who has a lot of family history there involving one of the other now deceased 11th Circuit judges, Phyllis Kravich, whose dad had represented one of Justice Thomas's I want to say it was his dad. It might have been his grandfather in a criminal case back when white lawyers didn't represent black men who were charged in criminal cases. And so there's always been a certain closeness between Justice Thomas and the circuit that I'm just going to say, you know, we're careful on this podcast to not draw strict party lines where they're not necessary. Justice Thomas has been good to the circuit and advocate frequently comes down for 11th Circuit conferences and has been really forthcoming in his interactions with lawyers down here to help people better understand how the appellate system works. So let's get back to the special master. You're Judge Deary, and you've now heard from Trump's lawyers who are saying, yeah, we don't want to talk about the declassification issue. Do you just let that go? I don't think you do. I mean, I think, you know, you were talking about Judge Deary pushing— I think this is one of those times where he pushes back and, and says, no, you know, really, you have to respond or I'm going to draw the obvious inference. Here's the other thing I've been thinking about. So Judge Deary is going to act in temperament and style like the life-tenured federal district court judge that he is, even though his role here is as special master. But he's sort of acting in somewhat of a judicial role just because of the nature of the thing that he's considering. And he's going to hear arguments from parties. Thanks for listening. To hear the full episode, head to cafe.com slash insider and try out the membership for just $1 for one month. That's cafe.com slash insider. To the many of you who have chosen to join the insider community, thank you for supporting our work. <laughs>